The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, welcome. I don't know if you're coming from near or far, whether you're in your living room, your closet, the backyard, some of you might be in your bathroom. Wherever you are joining us, we are so glad that you're gathered here with us virtually. Would you join me as I open our time of worship in prayer? God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for welcoming us into your presence. Please remind us that you are Emmanuel, God with us. You are so outrageously loving us at all times. And I pray that you can make us more aware of that love, that care, that kindness, and that gentleness. Jesus, we know that you are a master gardener and that our souls are gardens that need tending. Some of us have weeds that need to be pulled. Some of us need pruning. Some of us need water. Some of us need sunshine. We know that because you know us so well, you can give us exactly what we need. And God, as we enter into this time of worship, let our souls be open to what you have for us today. In the name of the Holy Trinity, amen. Thank you. 
asked him how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace to trust him more. Ecclesia, we continue to be committed, even in this challenging season, to the work that God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, and caring for the spiritual health of our people 
and especially for the care of our children. As we each consider our part in this offering, please join me as we pray this prayer. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I want to welcome you to the second week of Easter. Remember, Easter's not a day, it's a season. It's a season that we focus on Christian hope, and in this service I want to tell you a little bit, and Sean's going to share with you, what Christian hope really looks like. Um, I'll tell you what it means, and I'll tell you what it looks like. Let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like a church that leans into the community and serves. Uh, last week on Easter Sunday, as we were worshiping online, uh, I had received a request the day before to say, there's this massive medical team at NRG Park, and there are doctors and nurses and, and emergency responders that are all there, and they're there on Easter, and they would like to have an Easter service. Would you come and preach? And I thought, how could I say no? And we had a beautiful service. Getting to honor those that are serving the sick is a great privilege for the people of Ecclesia, and it definitely was for me. At the end of the service, the chief medical officer, Dr. Jeff Holland, came up and said, Pastor, we need this every day. And I kind of smiled. I was like, yeah, you totally need this every day. He's like, no, no, we need this every day. I was like, okay, well, um, I can send you a video of some things we're doing. He's like, no, 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 we need you to come every day. And uh, you know what? He was right. Uh, this medical staff is in a period of crisis. They're staying in hotels. They're from all across the globe. And they've come to serve Houstonians. And uh, so on behalf of you, every morning, I get up and represent our church. Uh, I get up at 5.15 so that I can pick up breakfast tacos on my way because I ate with them on Monday. The food was not good. And you know, Ecclesians, we can't tolerate that. If we got guests in our city serving the sick, we got to feed them well. And then I lead them in a devotional and in a prayer. And that's part of what we're going to do in this season. Um, we have staff like Manuel that's leading our homeless ministry. And let me tell you what hope looks like for the homeless in this city. It looks like a church, like Ecclesia is stepping forward and providing. At this point, we're looking to expand it. 120 hot meals every week, 180 that we prepackage so that our homeless brothers and sisters can carry some of those forward. Um, we're gonna institute a new award uh, during this unique season. Um, last week, our dear brother, David Gunger, and if you wanna hear more from David, uh, David's going to be on this week's Corona Conversations podcast. We're sharing from all across the globe. You can hear about how he's handled uh, having COVID 
diagnosis, how his family's doing, and about this song, we're going to make it through that's become our anthem. And because it has, we're going to be hanging a sign on our building for everybody that drives by on the freeway that says, we're going to make it through. And we're going to institute the first ever, we're going to make it through award. If you know an Ecclesian that is serving in beautiful ways, I want you to nominate them. And you can send that nomination to Lauren at EcclesiaHouston.org, and she's going to help us process those. And we're going to be celebrating people with some special awards and prizes. And I want to tell you the first recipient of that award is Asher Castillo. If you know Asher, you know he's got the heart of a servant. He cooks for people. He serves people. He fixes our technology. He helps run all the facilities here. He's been bringing groceries to those who are sick and in need, those that are immune repressed and can't leave the house. He's been cooking for people. He has been nonstop going. And Asher embodies the love of Christ in a way that I want to celebrate. And so we're going to be giving him the first ever award. If you want to be a part of celebrating him, you can send me an email, chris at ecclesiahouston.org, and I'll send you his address, and you can bomb him with sushi or barbecue or whatever you'd like to do. And if you're a single lady, you need to know Asher's single. And if you'd like to be set up on a social distancing date, I can probably make that happen as well. Asher embodies the love of Jesus, and so many Ecclesians do. And in this season, we're going to celebrate those people. As we continue to care for the homeless, we're going to have an opportunity for you to bring donations. Now, you can just donate to the church and we can buy some of these things. But if you'd like to help provide them, this is what you need to know. That at downtown campus on Mondays from 11 to 2, we'll be receiving donations. On the west side from Wednesday from 11 to 2, we'll be receiving donations. And this is what we need. We need wet wipes, deodorant mosquito spray, and non-perishable items that are single serve. That could be crackers, it could be a pouch of tuna. Most of our homeless brothers and sisters don't have a can opener, but a pouch would be great, something that has protein. If it's non-perishable, you can bring it. We're gonna put it in the hands of our homeless brothers and sisters. I also wanna let you know that if you're struggling to volunteer, uh, whether you're young and you have a great immune system and you wanna get out and volunteer, or whether you wanna do it digitally, one of our partners is Interfaith Ministries here in town. We've been buying microwaves as they expand their Meals on Wheels program. And that's growing by about 300% because there are so many seniors that need meals. We're gonna partner with them. If you go to their website and you go to the volunteer section, you'll find opportunities to volunteer both digitally and in person. And it would be a great way to be a we're gonna make it through hero yourself. Let's all lean in Ecclesia and serve in this season. We have amazing things happening with our partners all across Latin America that are also experiencing quarantine. Our dear brother, Marcelo Robles, has been our partner in Argentina for quite a while. He was on the first podcast that we shared from coronavirus conversations. And you need to know that through uh, our efforts together, they've been able to supply food for over 300 families that would not have had food in this season. And they have so much more to do. La Frontera Church in Cucuta is doing an amazing job. They have tripled their normal capacity of meals that they're serving at the Venezuela border each day. This is what that means. Now, as many ministries have been shut down and there are very few sources of food for Venezuelan refugees on the streets of Cucuta, La Frontera Church, funded by Ecclesia, is able to provide more than 500 meals a day, and that doesn't even include the babies. The formula going out to more than 250 babies every day. Ecclesia, your gifts and what we do together really matter. 
And for those in Colombia that are making their way back to Venezuela, because it's been even more desperate, we're working with our friend Juan David and his team, and we've been able to provide more than 2,000 hygiene kits for people that need it. They often have a mask, they've got all the things that you need, hand sanitizer, soap, the things that people need to stay safe and healthy. We're working on a micro business uh, that we're gonna fund that's going to allow jobs for people to make masks for others at a reduced cost so that they can share those and we can help keep people healthy at the Venezuela border. So Ecclesia, as we get to be a part of things that are much bigger than ourselves, they go far beyond Houston, I want you to know that your giving, your tithes and offerings matter. This is how we're tithing in this season. I'm doing the same thing. We text 84321 and you can just text the amount of your gift. And today we're gonna to celebrate our giving together by offering, even in a time that we feel like, I'm a little worried, I, I don't know. Even in uncertainty, we have much more than our brothers and sisters across the globe, and we have an opportunity to engage with them in meaningful and beautiful ways. So Ecclesia, as we hear from Pastor Sean today, I wanna to remind you that we're a people of Easter hope. Now, Hope doesn't just mean optimism. In fact, the great theologian, Jurgen Moltmann, said it this way. He said, there are two sins against hope, and those sins are optimism and despair. Optimism is groundless, and despair is faithless, right? Most of us tend to swing between those two right now. There are people that are just like, this is all going to be over really soon. Don't worry. It's all going to be okay. There are people that are like doomsday, right? And the Christian perspective is different. It's a realistic perspective that says our hope is not in our circumstances. This can also be known as the Stockdale principle. James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, was asked what it was that was different about the people uh, that made it through. Um, how did they endure such difficulty as prisoners of war? And he said the people that made it through were not uh, prone to optimism or despair. He said the optimist always thought we'll be out by Easter, we'll be out by Christmas, we'll be out by summer, we'll be out by spring. And when those deadlines came and passed, they had great despair. They, they began to lose it, they couldn't endure. He said, the, the people that just said, can I make it through today? How can I care for people today? How do I look out for other brothers in a similar place? They made it through. And, uh, and we know that this is Similar, we're not prisoners of war, we're not suffering in the same way, uh, but there's uncertainty and there's fear. And I wanna invite you today, as Pastor Sean shares with us, to consider what these rhythms, what these practices of hope might look like. God has blessed us, Ecclesia, and every week we're gonna be gathering in this way for a while. And you know what we're finding is that God's using this season to bear great fruit in my life and in yours. It's different than what we would have asked for, but it's beautiful and good. So may the teaching of scripture bless you richly today. Hello, Ecclesia, it's Pastor Sean, and I'm excited to be with you as we open up God's word together. As we do that, as we enter into this time, let me just offer a word of prayer. Uh, Creator God, we are so grateful. Uh, for all that we have, even in this time of severe disruption. And we would ask, Lord, that you would continue to open us up to all the possibilities, all the God possibilities that you have created and are creating in our homes with our friends. Lord, that we would see beyond our present moment to see the work that you are doing in the world, a beautiful, restorative and redemptive work. And as we spend time in the scriptures together, we ask for your blessing 
and that you would speak to us, God, in ways that we could see, know, and understand. And we ask all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you might remember that at one point or another, I have mentioned that um, I went to college on a music scholarship, was actually offered multiple music scholarships when I was a senior in high school because I played jazz. I played jazz trombone, as a matter of fact. And I remember all the jokes in my high school and amongst all my friends when I was a senior. And the, the joke was, you know, what, what does a jazz trombonist and a frog going to Texas have in common? Neither one of them is going to a gig. Like, that's, that's a jazz people joke, I guess. But the, the idea was that in Texas, there wasn't a jazz scene, and I had grown up in Atlanta, and there was all of this music, and that particular kind of music, and it's the kind of music that I was raised on. And for those of you who don't know much about jazz, jazz is this infusion of African rhythm mixed with European harmonies, and it creates this uniquely American thing. And the, the way you can tell if you don't know anything about jazz is if you think Kenny G is jazz. So if you think Kenny G is jazz, you don't know anything about jazz. Kenny G is an instrumentalist, I guess. But jazz is a completely different thing because at the heart of jazz is this idea of improvisation. So when I was in 10th grade, I started to first play jazz seriously. And we had an incredible band director. Um, this is a picture of him leading us when we were playing a music festival in Montreux, Switzerland, out overlooking uh, Lake Geneva. And you can see me way tucked in the back there, in the background as he plays this solo. And he played with some of the biggest groups of the 60s and 70s and was a phenomenal teacher. But this is the guy who had to teach me how to teach my friends how to improvise. And here's how improvisation works. There is a foundation laid, whether it's like an 18 bar, 16 bar, 32 bar, 64 bar blues or jazz, and it just repeats and the rhythm section plays that. And then you have a structure in which you improvise over the top of. And that structure is really hard to learn when you're 15, 16 years old. But me and all of my friends, we had to learn that structure and it took forever to learn how to improvise. Now improvisation sounds like the kind of thing that you would do intuitively, but it's not. You have to learn how to improvise. And then once you learn how to do it, once you learn how to live in that structure, well then you can break the rules once you know all of the rules. But you have to know the rules first and the key rule that you can never break is that you have to stay with the rhythm section. Those guys, the guitar, bass, drums, you have to stay within the rhythm. And it's only within that rhythm. It's only within knowing that rhythm, living that rhythm, that you can actually express yourself. That you're really caged if you don't know the rhythm, if you can't experience the rhythm. And so my band director, when I was in high school, our jazz band director, he would just open up these incredibly huge sections of songs for everybody to improvise. And it was one thing when we did it in rehearsal, 
but he would do it in concert and the rhythm section would just play over and over and over and over again. And then he would point to you or your friend, someone standing behind you or next to you. And you just had to improvise for as long as you could. And this was set up for embarrassment if you didn't know what you were doing. But if you did know what you were doing, the improvisation allowed you to do something that you could never do otherwise, which you can create something new and beautiful in the moment. And here's what I love about jazz, like real jazz, not instrumentalist. Real jazz, the song only is created once. And people can record it and you can listen back, but you can never play that again the same way. Life is about finding rhythm, about living inside a particular rhythm and learning to express yourself in that rhythm. And so it's this beautiful mix of knowing what the rhythm is, but also because you know it so well, being able to express yourself in ways that you can't otherwise. And, and for many of us, we have done a great job with our lives of finding rhythms, rhythms around work, rhythms around family, rhythms around God's mission. But in times like these, where things are so different, where everybody across the world is experiencing profound disruption, it's hard to find rhythm. And, and I know that because I've had conversations with you. We've talked on the phone or online and one of those endless Zoom meetings and we are all experiencing some anxieties and some tensions that we're not used to having experienced before, either with our spouse or our kids, some of us, are experiencing the profound disruption of being alone in this time of stay at home. And in those periods of disruption, it's incredibly easy to lose your rhythm. And what I wanna remind us of is that you were actually born, you were actually made to live a song to express something that is unique and beautiful, that's just created one time. And the further you get away from that song, the farther you walk away from it or life pushes you away from it, the less you're capable of expressing who God created you to be. And so what I would want for you, what I would want for me, for my family, is for all of us to recapture and re-engage the rhythm of who we are. And so you know what happens when people fall out of rhythm and lose their rhythm. They lose a sense of their purpose, of what's meaningful. One of the stories in scripture that's always captivated me is the story of King David. He takes up a huge chunk of the Old Testament and he has so much foreshadowing in the life of Jesus. And you've been around the Bible for a while, you will remember the story of King David. David is a shepherd boy. 
and he's going to be the next king. Saul, who was anointed by God and appointed by God, has failed to please God. And so God says, I'm going to look for someone that's a little bit closer to my heart, closer to what I want in a king. And so David. And when we first meet David, he's the youngest in the family. He's a shepherd. And through his life, he has lots of different roles. He is a shepherd and a kingslayer. He becomes a king. But what David always was through all of that, David was a musician. His life knew rhythm until it didn't. In 2 Kings, the scriptures tell us this about David falling out of his own rhythm. It says, in the springtime of the year, the season when most kings took their soldiers out to fight, David stayed in Jerusalem and sent Joab as a general in charge of David's men and the whole army of Israel. Now, this is a time, not like now. It's not like now when heads of state go to war and they just send people. There are these generals, there are these armies. These are the times when the king went and led the army. And what 2 Samuel tells us is that at that time of year, when David was supposed to be off, when David had a rhythm for his life, where he was supposed to be in one place, he didn't go. He got out of rhythm, got out of his own rhythm, and he stayed home and he sent Joab. Then Samuel tells us they destroyed the Ammonites and put the city of Rabbah under siege. Early one evening, David rose from his bed and was strolling on the palace roof when he saw a woman bathing on a roof below his. She was beautiful. David sent someone to find out who the woman was, and the answer came back that she was Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Uriah was one of David's officers who had gone to war with the rest of David's troops, the men who stayed in their rhythm. And this is what happens when you lose rhythm. You might not have an affair with someone else's wife, someone else's husband, but when we lose our rhythm, we lose ourselves and we become uprooted from the core of who we are. We lose our song. So if you grew up in a liturgical tradition, I didn't, you will know that these weeks are what has traditionally been called Eastertide. It's this time after Easter Sunday where we live into the reality that what we are, who we are as people of God, as followers of Jesus, that we are people who live an endless Easter, that it never stops, that we live in light of what Jesus has done, that the rhythm of our life finds its root in what Jesus has done on the cross. And we celebrate that because of Jesus, there is a new rhythm to life. There is a resurrection. And that resurrection reminds us and calls us back to our song, to our rhythm. When the rest of the world is just losing it because of massive disruption, the same disruption that you feel, that I feel, our kids feel, our parents feel, when the rest of the world has gone mad with losing that disruption, having that disruption, we live in endless Easter that we live in light, that there is a resurrection.
not just for Jesus, but for us. And because we live an endless Easter, we know that we have a song. There's an East African story about a child named Dio. And when Dio was in the womb, his mother, his village sang him a song. They wanted him to come out, to be birthed into the world knowing this song. And later on in the story, he commits an act of violence against a very close friend and he realizes, he discovers that he's lost his song and he doesn't know what to do about it. And what the community does, how the community responds, is the entire village gathers around him to sing the song again. And I'm just curious, do you feel like you've lost your song, that you've lost rhythm? And we know, church, that life is best lived around rhythms, rhythms like seeking God and seeking beauty, because it roots us, it reminds us who we are and what we're called to do, not only in the world, but in our marriages and our families, with the ups and downs of the economy, when we're stressed, when we're anxious, that we don't actually have to make everything up because there is a baseline, there is a rhythm, and as rooted as we are to that rhythm, and as much as we are rooted to that rhythm, it's from there that we are allowed to express ourselves. Over a decade ago, one of my good friends lost his sister. She was young, young mother of multiple kids. And she went to the doctor with very serious flu symptoms, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And her parents were there, her family, she had lots of friends, they were all surrounding her. And this young mom, after being in the hospital for several weeks, passed away. And no parent wants to walk out of a hospital with their young adult daughter having been deceased. And hers did, and they sat in the car, and her mom, sitting in the passenger seat, looked at her dad, looked at her husband, and said, remind me, remind me what we believe. And he looked at his wife and he said, we believe that the tomb is empty. So if I could give you a gift, it would be this, that in this time of incredible disruption, upheaval, in these moments where so many of us don't know what to do, that we would be called back to our song, to the song of the resurrection, the song of Eastertide, this endless Easter that gives us hope and freedom and roots us so that we can sing our song. Let me pray for you. God, in the midst of disruption, would you sing back to us our song? a song of hope and redemption and release of prisoner, release of all that we have become addicted to. God, would you surround us with people 
who will remind us of our song, remind us of what we believe, so that we can step into the fullness of an endless Easter that you have given us new life. God, that we are alive and we will never stop living. And we ask for it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, Ecclesia family. It's good to be together. And we are coming to what's arguably my favorite part of every gathering we do, and that's communion, where we get to remember Christ's death and resurrection together. And so we're going to do that in a few moments together. After we uh, say some liturgy over the elements, we're going to share a song. And that would be the time where you can gather the elements that you've prepared and you can partake and share with those that you're gathered with in your home. Part of the reason why I love communion so much is that I'm reminded that Jesus instituted this for us by having a meal with his closest followers. And he told them, every time you do this, remember me, which has always made me wonder if for them, every meal wasn't a chance to have communion. And so my hope in this season, as things have been changed and they're different for us, that maybe that's a positive for us, is that every meal becomes more sacred to us. And so Ecclesia, as we come to communion, and maybe you're using sliced bread like I've got here, uh, will you prepare your hearts for this sacred time together? And will you pray this prayer with me? I'll pray as a celebrant, you can respond as a people. The table is set all around us. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come then to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been there often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. And all together, loving God, through your goodness, we have this feast, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen. My soul has found its resting place in a search no more Oh my soul has found its resting place In a search I search no more Even my darkness is light darkness it is light to you 
deepest of depths to the stars up above. There is no place I can escape your steadfast love. And it's hard to believe it, but you say that it's true. Even my darkness, it is light to you. Anchor safe in your rock, it holds. Oh, my soul now is anchor safe in your rock, your rock, it holds. Even my darkness. of depths to the stars up above There is no place I can escape your steadfast love And it's hard to believe it But you say that it's true Even my darkness it is light to you Ecclesia, now is the time in our service when we are going to pray a prayer of blessing over our children. Katie and Luke and Sam and all of our Ecclesia children of all ages, may you be blessed today with eyes to see and ears to hear. May you see beauty that reminds you of God's love. May you hear words of truth, that you are loved, that you are enough. May you know in your innermost being your truest identity, 
that you are beloved daughters, beloved sons of God. May God fill you with wonder and imagination, with creativity and passion, with joy and hope, with light and peace, and with lots of play. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As a benediction, hear this needed reminder from the second letter to the church in Corinth. This beautiful treasure is contained in us, cracked pots made of earth and clay, so that the transcendent character of this power will will be clearly seen as coming from God and not from us. We are cracked and chipped from our afflictions on all sides, but we are not crushed by them. We are bewildered at times, but we do not give in to despair. We are persecuted, but we have not been abandoned. We have been knocked down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the reality of the brutal death and suffering of Jesus. As a result, his resurrection life rises and reveals its wondrous power in our bodies as well. For while we live, we are constantly handed over to death on account of Jesus, so that his life may be revealed even in our mortal bodies of flesh. So death is constantly at work in us, but life is working in you. You see, the short-lived pains of this life are creating for us an eternal glory that does not compare to anything we know here. So we do not set our sights on the things we can see with our eyes. All of that is fleeting. It will eventually fade away. Instead, we focus on the things we cannot see, which live on and on. Ecclesia, may we continue to have eyes to see. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.